Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Let's go! <laughs> you know what we were doing three years ago today? I do. We had Doug Ford on our FM radio show in Toronto. <laughs> he, he went on our show um, a few times, a few times, and I remember it always very, very nice and, and willing to come and chat, which is, which is lovely. Uh, that said, he was living right around the corner from our station at the time, if I'm not sure. mistaken. The first time Doug was in, he came in with Rob Ford, and Rob Ford was a regular on our show, too. And it's funny, because when all that shit was going on with Rob Ford... He did one interview and it was with us because he knew we would treat him fairly. And we did. And then from there, we built up a great relationship with Doug. And that was pre-premier Doug. It was just Doug at the time. Counselor Doug. And now Doug is the premier. And three years later, Doug, I'd like to ask you a few questions. (laughs) (laughs) Like, first off, what is the fucking problem? So, What is your what is your I have to one thing you have to say one thing that you are frustrated with. Mm -hmm. And you would you would ask Doug for real. I want to know. Why are we still listening to the doctors? That okay. would be my question. And let me tell you why. I firmly believe, and I have from the beginning, that, yeah, we should be taking the advice of doctors. But at the end of the day, we voted for a premier to make decisions for us. And while the doctors think about medical issues, the premier's got to think about the overall big picture. And right now, I don't think we're going in the right direction. I really don't. Uh, Maybe you saw it yesterday. The Canadian Hospital Association, I think it was, has officially declared it's a third wave. That's right. I did see that. I did see that. Get the fuck out of here. Like, just stop. Listen, but it's not, though. I mean, maybe a little ripple in the water. It's sure as shit not a wave. It's not. And because we had vaccinated so many people in long term care settings, look at the deaths. What do we have? Nine deaths yesterday. In the second wave, we had like 100 deaths a day. Right. We're at nine yesterday. Hospital capacity is just over 600, just over 600 COVID patients. Back in the day, that was well over a thousand. So, I mean, if we shut stuff down to preserve hospital capacity and protect our our senior citizens, then I don't understand what the problem is here. Then why are we even having a discussion Mm -hmm. about shutting shit down right now? Maybe it'll come to that. I hope it doesn't. And I it shouldn't. hope not. I mean, n- me too. And it won't if they do their job and get those vaccines out, like I said yesterday. And it doesn't help that now General Hillier is stepping away. Do you think that he just wants nothing to do with this and that's why or he just well, wants to not be remembered for it? Yeah, that's a, a loaded question. So I've got a couple of theories about General Hillier because I was shocked at that, too. I, I did not realize that General Hillier only had a contract until March 31st and he's not renewing it. So you've likely heard there's a lot of controversy at the very top of the Canadian Armed Forces. Maybe Trudeau called him and said, "Eh, we need somebody who's a a steady hand on the till here to look after the Canadian Armed Forces while we sort out this mess with uh, some of the previous leadership. Maybe he's going back to do that. Maybe, though, he just doesn't want his name attached to this shit anymore. I mean, people are taking shots at him personally, and he was more or less a bipartisan individual who just happens to have great experience in mass operations like this 
and in logistics. That's why we brought him in. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's not carrying on, I don't know, maybe he listened to the podcast yesterday. Maybe it heard, it, it clicked into him yesterday that, no, this is on you now. This Don't look at us. Don't come to us and say we got to shut down again because that's not an option. Mm-hmm. You get the fucking vaccines out. Maybe he doesn't want to do it. Maybe he knows there's shit on the horizon. Maybe he's got some skeletons in the closet that are about to break. I don't know. But either. I don't think so. I mean, General Hillier is anytime I've ever met him. I can tell you he seems like he is of the highest integrity and just a classy, classy man. Well, And it's don't forget what what they're. That's a lot. That position. That's a lot mentally. Right. At a certain point, maybe you ask yourself, is this worth it for me? Is it just for my own mental well-being? Like, because some of those jobs that 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 we have, that are in the spotlight, let's just put it that way, right now, that wouldn't have been otherwise, it's a lot for them to deal with. They are not used to it, and I'd imagine that would take a toll on you. Well, I mean, General Hillier wasn't having to do those regular news conferences before, and, and all the other shit that he did as a general in the armed forces and with NATO. He he just didn't. So this is a totally different change of pace. And he's under the gun from a lot of people. And and a lot of anger right now is misdirected. People are just lashing out at whoever they can. And I don't think that General Hillier deserves a lot of the criticism that the vaccine rollout has had. I mean, let's go back to step one. Let's go back to December. Soon as we found out there was a vaccine, the U.S. did their job. They went and got theirs. We didn't have our shored up. We sped up the approval process, it seems, because Health Canada did this in record time. And the vaccine companies weren't ready for Health Canada to approve it that quickly. And then we had a supply issue and it all comes down to supply. I have no doubt that if we had millions and millions of vaccines just sitting around at an airport in Ontario somewhere, he could get them from A to B. But with these dribs and drabs and and slow supply, no supply, too much supply, some that are expiring in a month, uh, it's probably just not worth the hassle, to be honest with you. It's messy. It's just it's really messy. Yeah. I got a lot of DMs about yesterday's podcast. I'll read you one that came in today. Uh, Good morning, guys. I was listening to yesterday's podcast on my drive to Guelph. Scott, your rant. The first time you said, God damn it, I broke out in a hard laugh. By the end of your rant, though, I was in tears of joy for someone who finally holds the government accountable for the end of all this. Thank you. Could you cut that clip and make it public so that Doug Ford's office can listen to it daily? Thank you for being my voice in this whole bullshit we call the pandemic. Uh, you're welcome. I, I didn't say that yesterday looking for points. I said that because I believe that. And I'm not shitting on the government yet. But I do think that they need to realize, and all of us as citizens need to realize, the onus has shifted. It was all about us for a year. Now it's about government. Get shots in arms and there won't be a third wave. And I don't know why that hospital association declared this a third wave. Uh, sorry, I got off topic there. I don't know why they did, because there's no evidence to support it's a third wave right now. That, to me, is ridiculous, uh, but it's kind of consistent with what hospitals have been doing all along. It is consistent. They have, from the beginning, been erring on the side of caution, and we love that and respect it, and it's fine. But we don't have that big a problem right now. Yeah, there's some variants out there, so we've all got to be vigilant and keep washing our hands and wearing our masks until we get our shot. But we're at the end here. We're not talking about more lockdowns and shutting down more businesses. That's not an option. That was my only point yesterday is take that off the table. And if it does get to a point where we need to do that, it is a failure of leadership, not a failure of the people this time. Uh, Let's talk. (laughs) We've got a whole bunch of things to talk about. I'm dying to get your take on The Bachelor from last night. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That sums it up. 
It was I'm bad. Just, okay, so I think everybody, if you guys have been listening, you guys know I, I gave up like four episodes in. So basically what I'll do is I'll record it and then the next morning I just kind of breeze through it because I, I still need to deliver the content the next day on the radio. So I, I, I managed to get through the entire season, but it was hard. I don't think they chose the right person as The Bachelor. And I mean, the proof was in what happened last night, I think. I don't think that he was ready and he realized that he wasn't ready. Listen to Matt talking to Chris Harrison and all remember Chris Harrison, but listen to Matt talking to Chris Harrison about whether or not he's actually ready to propose following uh, a talk with his mom is you don't want to get engaged. You don't want to propose to anybody at the end of this. I know that the easy thing for me to do would be to tell Rachel and Michelle what they want to hear and is I'm ready and, you know, go through with this whole process and get down on one knee and do something that I'm not ready for. And then what happens? It sets our, our relationship course for something that neither one of us are ready for. And I don't know. <laughs> I've never... The answer is, you do know, and you know that you're not ready. So, basically, what happened? Then why go on the fucking Bachelor? I know. Um, let's let's do this a little for a little bit too, because Matt's conversation with his mom was interesting, and I'm not sure if his mom uh, made him realize things that were true, or his mom scared him out of things that he was uh, that he was thinking about. My mom and my brother. Introducing them to Michelle and Rachel, I was so excited. You know, it's not something I've done in any relationship since like high school is bring someone back home because it's been something that I've guarded myself from. And after Michelle's left, after Rachel's left, my mom kind of starts grilling me a little bit. She's like, you know, like, are you sure this is like something you're ready for? Um, You know that feelings come and go, Matt. And then I think about the look on my mom's face when she was saying that, you know, I could almost see her tearing up a little bit thinking about how feelings faded with her and my dad. And I'm just like thinking about where I'm at with Michelle and Rachel and how serious of a commitment I know that this is. Like that commitment to me is everlasting. And the, the more information that I'm learning about myself and my family and my mom and, and what it takes to have a healthy relationship, the more I'm starting to pump the brakes on if it's something that I'm ready to commit to right now. That's a lot. That is a lot to unpack. This is not the guy I, I was talking to a week ago, two weeks ago. There was a time when you believed in what you were saying about my wife's in this room, and I'm, you know, I, I, I plan on, you know, I want to get engaged, and that's, I, that's how I want this to end. Like, Yes, that's how I felt, and that's still how I feel, because they have all the qualities that I'm looking for, you know? But it, you're silly if, when you don't get new information and you have a new view and perspective on something, 
if you don't have a change of heart. And, and, that, and that perspective is mom says love changes, love wilts, feelings change. Like, don't worry, love ends. I mean, what kind of greeting card is that? <laughs> what kind of greeting card that is favorite. that? That was my favorite. So basically, he wasn't ready. He stick, stuck with Rachel, though. So they ended up together when they when they stopped taping. Now, we know what happened during this season airing as we found it all kinds of things and some photos resurfaced of Rachel and all, everything that went down went down. So they ended up breaking up. Matt actually broke things off with Rachel at the at the end of it all. Okay, Rachel was the wrong choice. He at the time didn't know about the controversy that was unfolding with Rachel that inevitably led to Chris Harrison losing his job on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. He didn't know, and I I have to assume that because the way the show ended, and it was a very quick ending, by the way, no big buildup. It was just sort of, hey, you're here. Great. Uh, I have a ring, but I'm not giving it to you. Can we just date for a while? End of show. Right to the After the Rose special. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad they did that because I think people were interested in the After the Rose special because uh, the new host was there who wasn't. uh, We don't know what his personality is like, by the way, because he read everything like you could even see his eyes following the teleprompter. I think he's very temporary. I mean, we know Tasha Adams and Caitlin Bristow. They're they're taking over the actual hosting duty. So this guy's not going to host anymore. He just was chosen for this particular conversation. And that's fine. That's good. He was okay. It's just they scripted everything for him. Right or wrong, that's what they did. And the questions were okay. You know, I mean, they first started off with Michelle, and then they went to Matt, and then they brought out Rachel. And since they had that moment at the end of the show, and after the rose, that's when the controversy broke out, and those pictures of Rachel at the antebellum party surfaced. And it's weird, because I guess Matt had no idea that his girlfriend had this kind of history and now they're not even together anymore. Mm -hmm. Like that might be the fastest bachelor breakup in history. They didn't even make it to after the rose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's happened before, but for way different reasons, Uh, usually much different reasons than that. Or because the bachelor decides, Oh, actually I really loved that other girl. I didn't love you. We've seen that happen before too. Um, So let's ask. So, okay. Yeah. So that came to an end fine, but let me ask you about this upcoming announcement too. For those who haven't seen it, maybe you don't really care too much about The Bachelor. We won't we won't stand it for too long. But they did announce, and I feel like there's a lot. I feel a lot of desperation. And honestly, Scott, I feel like we're watching the end of this franchise. I really do. I think yeah, it's just it's 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 going to be done. I think we're watching it happen unfold right in front of our eyes. And this upcoming next two seasons are going to be Bachelorette seasons, both back to back. I'm not sure why. I don't really know well, if they've just decided that they don't want to trust there's no guys that are good enough or and why they even needed to make an announcement about the fall right now but here we are uh katie and michelle from this season will be your next upcoming bachelorette so katie will premiere in the summertime so a little bit of a late start it was supposed to be in the spring i think a lot of people especially canadians you might have heard they were going to use a canadian spot they couldn't get in basically had to push all of the production to the summer that's when it's going to be on anyway it will start filming technically in the spring and then michelle's season will debut in the fall So why do you think that they chose to do that? Probably to give The Bachelor a break. I think even they realize people are kind of done with it after this season. Matt James was not a good Bachelor. He's a good looking guy and he had a lot going for him, but it just didn't translate into good TV. He's also emotionally a child. He has no idea what he wants in life or how he feels. I don't think he wants it. I I don't think he knows either. 
I don't no, think so he, either. He has no clue. He was relying on his mom to help him make these decisions. And uh, it doesn't he, he, he doesn't seem like his own man and at this look, point. Producer, and he seems very traumatized by the fact that his father had an affair. The only people that are to blame are the people who put the show on for all of this shit. They're the reason why this why several seasons, in my opinion, but especially this particular one sucked. They rushed into doing things just to say they could do it. Um, and, and oh, here, Black Bachelor, guys, here we go. Blah, blah, blah. Did you really even check and make sure that, like, does anybody even double check things? I'm talking about the contestants. I'm talking about the actual Bachelors. Like, they rushed to get these seasons out. That's how I feel anyway, even though they look like shit half the time. Because right now, because of COVID, they're stuck on one place. The dates, the last, the Bachelorette, like, Tasha's season, fucking horrendous. Like, there's a lot of... I just I just don't feel like there's a lot of effort being put in to make sure that they do the right things to make it worth watching. So I won't be surprised if, like I said, this is kind of the beginning of the end for for the Bachelor franchise. It'll continue this year and we'll see how the ratings go. But it's, I don't know. I, I personally find it really hard to watch. It's a very simple formula for Bachelor. I mean, good looking guy, a little bit of catty drama. Fine, fine. People watch. It's good. Uh, in this particular case, I think it was probably arrogance. They probably thought we can edit anything to make it look good on TV. And keep in mind, they do edit it to make it look good on TV. And what we saw was the best they could do. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Like they must have been the producers watching this shit, trying to figure out in their head. OK, we're going to use this. We probably won't use that. They must have been like, "Will somebody please fucking do something so that we can have a show here because this is crazy. It wasn't good. And. The fact that he ended up with nobody, he turned down some great girls along the way. I like Michelle a lot. I think Michelle is great if she is going to go on and be the Bachelorette, i.e. they don't cancel the show before they get to her season, then hopefully she does well. But I think people need a break from The Bachelor. I know I do, and I'm a big Bachelor fan. So put it on hiatus for a little bit. Find a really good contestant, and let's reboot this for sure. Amen. I also think, though, in, in part playing a role in this is there's people who are not happy with the way Chris Harrison's been treated. So that could have something to do with it, too. Yeah. Uh, when you read through some of the Bachelor Nation tweets that came out last yeah. night, which I love, you know, there's a lot of people who said, eh, I'm going to be done with it after yeah. this year. This just isn't the same. This isn't the show that I have watched all along and grew up with, essentially, and loved. Yep. It's not the same. A couple of things. And you know what? I, I don't we won't spend too much time on this, but I mean, uh, similar reasons. Perhaps that's why not a lot of people watch the Grammys as they were upset about what the weekend called out the Grammys for. And in case you haven't heard yet, the ratings for the Grammys hit a record low fifth, down just from last year, which was also the numbers weren't great for last year either. But the numbers went down 54 percent because it was shit. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I was wondering if people would like the format. A lot of performances, like you mentioned, not not heavy on the awards. And I thought, well, maybe people would like that, though, right? Like, maybe they'll miss concerts and they'll they'll like watching it. But no, no, no. It still didn't have uh, enough people interested in, in watching it. I think the Oscars are going to suck ass, too. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it now. All, all these movies, I mean... Maybe there's a couple of Netflix movies you guys saw. I don't know if you guys watched Mank, for example, or uh, was it The Trial of the Chicago 7? Apparently a good movie. I have it in my list. I haven't watched it yet. So, okay, there's a couple that pop up that most people have access to. A lot of these nobody's seen, and the average public isn't interested in watching it. And that really is what brings in the ratings. So, I don't know. I don't know about award shows generally, to be honest with you, but I don't think that they're going to do too well. Just a heads up on uh, on that. 
Something you could watch that you might love, though, is Matthew McConaughey. Oh, this YouTube channel <laughs> is going to be a guilty pleasure of mine. Like, I can see myself lighting a joint and just sitting down to watch this for a while. You have to be high to watch this. Sure. Uh, take a listen. This is Matthew McConaughey's very first YouTube video. He's decided to launch a channel. All right, all right, all right. The first three words this young man ever said on film. Yes, McConaughey here, and I want to welcome you to my YouTube channel. It's a destination where I'm going to share who I am, who I'm not, what I believe in, what I don't, what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, along with some approaches to life that I've found useful and constructive along the way. Uh, prescriptions in the art of living that have helped me navigate this rodeo we all live in, and even a bunch of bumper stickers that I've seen, heard, gathered, and stolen along the way over my last 51 years here. Hopefully it's going to be all killer, no filler. With some raps and rhymes that can help you get back on time. Put a little reason to your rhyme. Some food for thought with a sip of wine. Bring your funny bone. Don't be afraid to bend a knee. And join me in the chase to be more me. With your chase to be more you. Because what else are we really here to do? I love it. That's fucking great. I'm subscribing as we speak. I'm in. I will totally watch that channel. That's good. That's the kind of stuff that I'm going to put on when company comes over. Like, guys, guys, you got to see this. This is fucking gold. Yeah. I mean, he's a lunatic, right? That's all I can come to as a conclusion. He's, oh, he's the best, though. Like, he just, Oh, he's a great he lunatic. Finds, yeah. He's the best. He finds ways of talking about stuff that makes no sense, but you're so intrigued that what he's starting to say, which is nonsense, actually starts to make sense. And then you go, am I fucking crazy? Like, that's all I find with Matthew McConaughey. Like, it's raining out, but is it really rain, or are we just pretending that it's raining, but the wet, is it wet? It's not. What if it's dry? And you're just like, what? What the fuck are you saying? What if the rain's dry and we're wet? What? <laughs> no? <laughs> Bingo. I love it. Here a, for it. A prescription for living. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Okay. <laughs> You've got me interested. I'm totally watching I this. I love it. Hey, while we're on the entertainment stuff, can I do some quick breaking-ish news here? Yeah. Whoa, what do you got? So this is on the Royals front, everybody. The Royals front. It seems as though, yes, Prince Harry and Prince William did speak for the very first time since the interview aired. And how we know this is one Miss Gail King, who I don't think she'd be one to bullshit this. Oprah is her very best friend. Uh, but this morning, she announced to the world Quote, I'm not trying to break news, but I actually did call them to see how they were feeling. It is true that Harry has talked to his brother. He has talked to his father, too. The word I was given is that those conversations were not productive. Really? But they are glad that they have at least started a conversation. Uh, she went on to say, and I think what is still upsetting to them is the palace saying they want to work it out privately, but yet they believe these false stories are coming out that are very disparaging against Meghan still. No one in the royal family has talked to Meghan yet at this particular time, and I think it's frustrating for them to see that it's a racial conversation about the royal family when all they wanted all along was for the royals to intervene and tell the press to stop with the unfair, inaccurate, false stories that definitely have a racial slant. Um, she goes on to say, until you can acknowledge that, I think it's going to be hard for them to move forward. They want to. They want healing in this family. At the end of the day, that's still Harry's family. So that's part of the conversation that, that, that came to light this morning. 
Interesting. And it doesn't surprise me that it wasn't productive. Based on what was issued from the Queen, The what, was it two days after the interview aired? Maybe it was even That's one right. day. Yep. Yeah, I think it was the Tuesday following the interview, about a week ago. It was released, this uh, press release, if you will, uh, or whatever British, like, fancy term, said, recollections may vary. That was a mm-hmm. highlight for me. Yep. And discussing in private was also very interesting for me, too. And it seems as though th- that struck a nerve with, with Harry and with Megan as well. Okay, seriously, you your recollections of this vary. Okay, let's well, have the conversation. But you don't want to talk about it in, in public. Right. As they shouldn't. This is a family thing. Okay, so... If I, it struck a nerve with Harry, it's because it struck a nerve with Megan. Yeah. Sorry, but it's true. It impacts your family. It impacts you. That's if, right. If it impacts your spouse, in all fairness, it should impact you. Listen, I uh, I do think that this is a family dispute that needs to be resolved. I have been honest from the beginning that I don't think this was handled well. I, I really don't think it was. I think there was a lot of dirty laundry that got aired publicly. And I do think that it was a very slanted take on the whole thing. Um, are they really still saying that there is that the palace is dropping stories on Megan? Like, because it seems like Megan put herself out there last week and that was almost sort of fodder for the media that wasn't covering it. Now they are. Everybody's covering it. And I don't think the palace is leaking anything or it doesn't seem like it anyway all the stories it, that have been written have been about the interview i don't think it's about leaking scott i think it's about them not taking a strong stance please stop reporting these things please stop that's what they're not getting okay but at what point can they forgive oh, they the palace power. like they have power there like immense power when it comes to the press right they control mm-hmm. it i mean like puppets i really do believe that it's a tit for a tat there so you give us some good stories. We'll give you some great photos. We'll give you photos. We'll give you access that you need. No problem. We'll even give you some inside info. And it might be shitty little info like, oh, guys, heads up. Oh, Kate might be pregnant again. Like, we might leak that shit to you. In kind, you treat us well. You post these kinds of stories. They are not going above and beyond. This is what I'm getting in, from Megan's perspective and Harry, too, I suppose, to say, stop publishing shit about Megan and that's all they that's all they say they want can the palace stop it at this point they can say something they can absolutely issue a public statement and it would speak volumes to those publications but do they want to because like I said it's tit for tat so if you go out of your way to say hey UK Sun for example you posted this terrible photo of Megan with this caption calling her a puppet master or whatever the fuck you you put I'm not okay with this. This needs to stop. We are not for it. And if they do that, there is a lot more power to that than it seems. They don't do things like that often. So Hmm. is it a big ask? Is it a tall ask? That's for you guys to judge. Is that a tall ask for Meghan and Harry to hope? Maybe. Maybe it's none of, maybe the palace feels like it's none of their business to tell the reporters what to do or say. But the thing here is they have done it in the past, but just when it benefits them. If it's not benefiting them to do this, then or that's how they feel, then why won't, then why would they, right? Right. <sighs> they're family, but they're not royals. Not anymore. Does the palace have any obligation whatsoever to get involved here? Well, but they're family still. They're family, but they're not royals. And, and we're not talking family because they want to treat this as a family matter, but Harry and Meghan don't seem to want that. They seem to want to hash this out in public. 
it's still family. It's still family. Like you still have this happening. You would think that they would want to put an end to it, which makes me feel like they don't want to put an end to it. So there's other shit at play here. And what is it play? Like many questions, right? Or, or they just can't control it anymore. This Megan and Harry Mexit thing, which has been going on for over a year now, has just become so big that even they can't control it. And, and you know what? I'm sure that if the queen phones a reporter at the UK sun and says, will you knock it off? They'll probably listen to the queen. But it's never the queen that makes those calls. And at what point does the the paparazzi and the regular traditional media say, mm, you know what? Even if the palace does want us to stop, this is news and we're going to keep reporting news. And the reason it's in the news is because Harry and Meghan themselves keep talking about it. The palace didn't but, want to talk about it. But, okay, so just to play devil's advocate, will it not go away, though? If they do that, let's say, would this whole thing not just dissipate? Or do you think that there would be more to it? Like, so let's say, hypothetically, Queen does it. She issues a statement. Press, stop talking shit about Meghan and Harry. We are going to discuss this as a family. Nobody's talking about it from here forward. Do you really think, and this is where people have an issue where they're not sure, do you really think that that's where it would end with Meghan and Harry? Well, I think that Meghan and Harry have a lot more control than they seem to realize. Listen, the Queen did say, we will resolve this internally. That was from the Queen herself. Now, she didn't tell everybody stop talking about it, but she did say, we will deal with this internally as a family. Fine. Harry and Meghan are the ones who leaked it to Gail King that they talked to Charles and William and the the call didn't go very well. Again, shut up. If you don't want to be talked about, just fade away. Take your time. Follow pop music. Because you know what? There's some pop stars out there that are exceptional at this. They know when they're they're overexposed. They know how to make stories go away. They know how to use the media to get people talking about them. They do it right. There's a whole formula for the thing. And if you don't want to be talked about, don't go public with anything. Don't comment on anything. If you have a conversation with Gail King, make sure Gail King understands this is a private conversation. We are not releasing this info. The only reason we're talking about this is because Harry or Meghan or both didn't shut up. That's how this story got another week out of yeah, it. If both sides would shut up, that'd be great. Maybe that would die down the press, right? And then everything would be solved. There's obviously still a lot of issues, though, underlined. I mean, with his dad, yes. With his brother, clearly, the conversations were not productive. So that can't be good. At least there's a starting point, but that can't be good. I feel like when you finally get the chance to chat with someone after all that goes down, if it seems not productive in Gail's words, then that to me says, I'm not sure they'll ever be able to to really forgive and forget or move on. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they would keep giving American media more fodder to keep talking about this. You're just giving the story more gas. I mean... You but know what? more sympathy, it, though. You know, you notice that, though, right? There's more sympathy on this side of the world than there is there. Sure. There's not, Over there, they're not too happy with Harry and Meghan. They're not too happy. That's right. Because a lot of them really, truly follow this, and they're very traditional. That said, though, like, I have relatives in the UK who just fucking can't stand Charles. They think he's a douchebag. You know, there's a lot of people like that who think this is great. But and yet he's an improvement from his brother, Andrew. <laughs> and isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's right. But there's going to be people on this side of the world, though. They're hoping they get the sympathy portion from because this is where they're going to be living. Not there. Yeah. I mean, here's a new poll that just came out from Leger and the Association for Canadian Studies. Fifty three percent of Canadian respondents believe the British monarchy has no place in a 21st century Canada. So that interview. Maybe it did help bring down the royal family. 
I mean, if Mm -hmm. if we just had a vote, 53 percent would say get rid of the monarchy in Canada. And that would be it. A done deal. If we had a referendum, if we had a referendum. Yeah, I I do wonder. But it's an emotional thing right now. It's still charged. Wait a year because people have such short memories and they'll probably forget. But that's one of the ways you can use the media. Yeah. Yeah. Take advantage of that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, Okay, a couple quick things here because I don't want to go long again, but I'm just going to give you some stories. If you need more info, you feel free to stop me at any time. There was a passenger on an Alaska Airlines flight. This happened on Sunday. They were traveling from Seattle to Denver. FBI came on board when that flight landed and arrested the passenger because of his behavior on the plane. So the guy admits he had several beers and multiple shots before getting on the plane. Oh, there it is. He fell asleep, pissed himself and the seat. <laughs> His mask fell down. So when the flight attendant woke him up and tried to give him shit for peeing all over the airline seat, he punched the flight attendant. Oh, my God. Multiple times. He has absolutely zero recollection. I don't know if you've ever been blackout drunk where you cannot remember a thing. But that's what he was blackout drunk. He doesn't remember what it was that he did, but the maximum penalties he's facing $250,000 fine and or 20 years in prison. Yeah. For something he doesn't even remember doing. And listen, you can't use the blackout excuse, though. Everybody, you can't do it. Like you chose to down that much alcohol before you hopped on a flight, which, by the way, how do people get away with that? I seriously, I'd have one drink at the airport bar and go on a flight and I feel like, oh God, they're going to kick me off. I'm tipsy. I can't do it. How do these people get just absolutely loaded, still manage to get on the plane. So they, they again, they, they're able to hide it well. And then this happens. And then all of a sudden they're, oh, I forgot. I did, or I didn't know that I did that. It wasn't, I did, it wasn't intentional. I don't think it matters at that point, dude, because you chose to have that many fucking cocktails before you even flew. And then maybe on the flight, there was more. I don't know. That's, that's messed up. Also on Sunday, but this time in Oldsmar, Florida, police got a call about a suspicious man hanging around in front of a townhouse. Well, that was a good description. He certainly was suspicious. When the police arrived, they found this 47 year old totally naked from the waist down. He had his dick in one hand and, and I quote, a large uneaten pickle in the right hand. He was giving himself a reach around with the pickle while he masturbated. Oh my God. What? Arrested, arrested for exposure of sexual organs. The police report did not say whether or not the pickle was taken as evidence. Was it one of those like oversized pickles? Like, you know, those ones you can buy at like the farmer's market in the summertime where there's like, what the fuck is this a cucumber or a pickle? Like, what is this? Well, I'm looking I'm looking at his mugshot and he I have no trouble believing that he jammed a pickle up his ass and masturbated in public in front of a townhouse. Uh, but it doesn't say anything else beyond that. If you <laughs> would like to look it up, the smoking gun is cut. <laughs> I haven't seen his face yet, but I, I like when you say masturbated and then with with a pickle 
I, I, I picture what his mugshot probably looks like. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's unfortunate for people to walk around with a face like that where you're like, that guy probably fucking jerks it to him and with a pickle up his ass in the middle mm-hmm. of a public. He's yeah. just got one of those faces. Totally. I looked at that mugshot and thought, yeah, I totally believe that story. That, uh, that seems spot on, to be perfectly honest with you. People who eat breakfast are almost twice as likely to get promoted as people who don't, according to a new survey. Really? I don't know. I mean, they say breakfast, it's the most important meal of the day. And then every now and again, you'll hear a nutritionist come out and say, no, nah, that's bullshit. And I don't eat breakfast anyway, so I honestly can't weigh in on this with any sort of credibility. I don't eat until about noon every day, and I get up at 3.30 a.m. Noon is the first time I put any food in my body. It is all water and coffee before that. I'm I'm confused why we still do surveys like this. And what I mean by that is every body is different. Every person is different. This is not a, this is nothing that's a revelation. Okay? We're all different. We all feel different things. We all have allergies to different things. We all react differently to things. Our taste buds are different. So how can it not be that for one person, absolutely breakfast is key. For another person, myself just like you, we can go without eating until noon and that that we're fine. We do just fine on just coffee or whatever it is. Everybody is different. So it bugs me when I see things like this, because to me, it's such a nothing thing to say. Everyone's different. One person might get sick trying to eat breakfast. The other person's like, if I don't eat, I get sick. We're all different. And what works for you might not work for someone else. Away with these fucking surveys. Even the doctors that have something to say about it. I still believe Everybody is different. Every skin type is different. Everybody's organs work differently in, in different ways, right? So why can't it be that for one person, breakfast matters, the other person, it doesn't? That's okay. Preach. Thanks. Very good. Thank you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Great. Heinz, and it's rare that we get things in Canada before they go to America. These ones, though, I'm not sure if we wanted them. Maybe this is one we should have tested on the Americans first. They've come up with three new condiment matchup, <laughs> condiment mashups. Oh no! All in one bottle, three? No, no, no. It's three separate ones. Oh god! So god. the first one, and you will be able to get these soon if you can't get them already, is called Hanch, H A N C H. It's a mashup of hot sauce and ranch dressing. You'll okay. now get it in a bottle, just like you get ketchup or mustard. Okay, you'll I think be- I've seen like sriracha mayo combos before. I've like sriracha. Isn't that what that is? Uh, It would be a different kind of hot sauce. Different kind of, okay. There's wasabioli, which is wasabi and garlic aioli. That might actually be delicious, to Mm -hmm. be perfectly honest with you. And this one, it might be the ultimate condiment if you're ordering fish and chips. It's called tarchip. It's tartar sauce and ketchup mixed together. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about it either. Funny, I read that story and I thought, am I angry? Happy, horny, I don't know. <laughs> you want to go jam it up your ass and jerk off somewhere? <laughs> Last but certainly not least, I do want to give this story a little bit of love because I think it deserves it. It's uh, a 19-year-old man, and his name is Ryan. Ryan Lowry lives in Leesburg, Virginia. And Ryan is now done school and he's ready to enter the workforce. But the problem is he hasn't had a lot of luck yet. So Ryan hand wrote a letter on lined paper and posted it on LinkedIn. I want to read you this letter because I think it's incredible. And I think that we could all learn a few things from Ryan here. Dear future employer, 
My name is Ryan Lowry. I'm 19 years old. I live in Leesburg, Virginia, and I have autism. I also have a unique sense of humor. I'm gifted at math. I'm really good with technology and really quick at learning. I'm interested in a job in animation or in IT. I realize that someone like you will have to take a chance on me. I don't learn like typical people do. I would need a mentor to teach me, but I learn quickly once you explain it. I get it. I promise that if you hire me and teach me, you'll be glad you did. I will show up every day, do what you tell me to do, and work really hard. Sincerely, Ryan Lowry. I love that. Me too, Kat. First off, I I wish I had a job to offer him because I would offer that a, a job to him right now. Mm-hmm. And I would not hesitate to offer him uh, any number of positions. Um, since this letter got published, it has basically gone viral. It's had 172,000 likes on LinkedIn. I didn't even know there was 172,000 people on LinkedIn. But it's had that many likes and over 6 million views. According to his parents, he has had tons of companies, including some Fortune 500 companies, reach out to him. And he is set and ready to go for that interview. I love that. That is awesome. Where'd he go, buddy? And I'm sure he'll knock those out of the park. Well, you know, it occurred to me, though, there's not a lot of people, not a lot, who are that good at honesty and selling themselves. And I love that he was totally honest in this. He said, okay, here's what I'm looking for, a job in animation or in IT. Now, I realize you'll have to take a chance on me because I don't learn like typical people do. I would need a mentor to teach me, but I promise once you explain it, I get it, I learn quickly. That's exactly the kind of person I want. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody comes to me and says, well... I don't know a ton about radio, but I am a fast learner and I'm a hundred percent committed. And, and yes, I do have a condition that means I learn in a different way. But if you just work with me, I will make sure that you don't regret it. I'm a, a hundred and one times out of a hundred. I'm taking a chance on that. I love guy. that. And you know what? It's, it's transparency, honesty, whatever you want to call it is missing from a lot of people these mm-hmm. days. I find so the fact that he's just so honest and crystal clear you felt like you really get to you reading that i feel like i know this guy and i like this yep. guy exactly is that, is that all that we want like is for someone to be crystal clear and if for you what you have to do for a living means you got to write a cover letter which is kind of foreign to scott and myself for example and it depends on where what kind of job that you do but maybe you find yourself writing that cover letter could that hurt to be that honest about yourself? Whatever way that means, as long as I feel like I get to know you, I feel like you're going to be a hard worker. I feel like that truth comes through. I'm all for it. Absolutely. I think that's so good. I think Ryan has got a huge future in front of him. And I have no doubt that whoever hires him is going to remember the day they did because I don't think they're ever going to regret it. He seems like a great young man and I hope he makes millions in whatever he decides to do. Please share if we get an update on that. I'd love that. Yeah, I 100% will, Kat, for sure. Uh, We're going to wrap things up for today, guys, but thank you very much for listening to this edition of After 9. We have another one coming out tomorrow. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and you'll get future episodes automatically. If you want to reach us, DM is the easiest way to do it. Cat uh, on air. That's cat with a K. Or you can reach me at Scott Fox on air. I don't post a lot, but I do read your DMs. Okay. Have a great day, guys. Bye.